Well, if you don't know me, my name is Bradley, and uh, I'm the youth pastor here. Uh, also, you may not know, I'm the guest services pastor, which means I'm like supposed to know your name, and most of you, I do know your names. But thankfully, I have an amazing introvert wife. Um, Amanda is amazing. She does a lot more listening than talking, so the opposite of me. Um, and so when you're walking up, she whispers your name in my ear, and it's fantastic. Um, truly though, most of you, I know your names, or at least I know things about you, like I know who you are. It's just that name thing's a struggle. Um, anyways, my wife's amazing. I also have two kids. Josie is three, and Malachi is uh, almost four months old. And um, we've been around here for about a year on staff. Um, I've actually known Corey and Adam, though, for some years before that, because I grew up at the Vineyard Church over in Champaign-Urbana. And I started attending there in sixth grade, way back in 1998. Now stop trying to figure out my age. My age is permanently 12. Just ask my wife. So I was a punk kid from a messed up family. Um, multiple types of abuse were normal in my household. And so I grew up feeling very alone and isolated. Um, and and uh, I didn't really have any close relationships with anyone until I started attending the vineyard. My first small group had four pastor's kids in it. Four of them. Four. I always think, like, my, my youth pastor must have seen me come in and been like, oh, boy, we got to get you. And this is a big church, right? There was many groups I could have ended up in. That's the one he put me in. Um, and these kids, they were popular, too. Like, um, like basketball team popular, you know? Like, um, we had a gym at the church, and so before youth group, all the kids would be playing basketball and stuff. And, like, all the girls are like, watching the youth pastor's son, who's exactly my age, you know? And they're like, oh my gosh, he's so cool. I don't know. Listen, I was just standing in the corner, rolling my eyes. Um, I was not popular like these kids. Um, but I kept coming back. Uh, and here's why. I never got made fun of by then. I was always a part of things like small group parties. In fact, um, if you are a Champaign-Urbana person, or if you've been there, if you don't know, there's an amazing pizza place called Papa Dell's. It's way better than Giordano's, okay? Um, uh, and so I remember the very first time I had Papa Dell's was with that small group. Um, and it was amazing. I still remember that. I still remember doing that with them, having that experience. And so over time, the church became my family. I developed deep, meaningful relationships with church people. They showed me that love and abuse did not go hand in hand. You could be loved and not be abused. Come on. Everything about who I am today is wrapped up in that experience. Um, you know, some of the other jobs I've worked, you know, I, I, I teach. And um, that's, that's all about how, um, how I think that everyone deserves to be loved and cared for. And everyone deserves to grow up in a safe environment. And, and me standing up here right now is because I so desperately want other people to experience that same thing. See, the church was the first place I ever felt like I belong. And so in this series, we're discussing discipleship. And being a disciple is a step further than believing. It, it answers this question. What am I going to do about what I believe? Good. Last week, Corey talked about a door. It was about worshiping. Coming on Sundays and connecting with God on your own in your quiet time. And this week, my word is belong. Um, and, and so... Adore is about worshiping and belonging is about community, but they're all about time. They're all about doing life um, and spending time on our relationship with Jesus. We would say that being a disciple means 
that you spend your time, your energy, and your resources. And so if you will, today's kind of a part two to Corey's message. Let's pray. Jesus, I just thank you that you have created us for a purpose, that we're your people. And you've called us not only to believe, but to go out there and share the good news, to extend your kingdom throughout the world. And I just pray that as we dive in, God, that, that, um, that we would learn to do that well. So I'd like to introduce you to three groups of people. First up is the, uh, I've never gone to small group and I probably never will guy. Here's what he's like, okay? He shows up on a Sunday morning, comes in, two minutes left on the countdown before service starts, check. Says hi to three people on the way in, check. Gets a seat in the second to the back row because he doesn't want to be those back row people, check. Service is going to start soon. It'll be over before I know it, and then I'll be done for the week. My mission accomplished. I did my time. Now, he normally wouldn't come two weeks in a row, but last week, Corey really hit it home about coming to church, and so he thought, I better show up or she might come after me. And so here he is. And oh, they're talking about small groups again. And that's just too much. I mean, isn't coming on Sunday mornings enough? He says this to himself, I wonder how many people even go to those. I'd go, but I'm just too busy. Although I did watch three entire seasons of The Office this week. Well, you know, I don't know. No one's even ever invited me to one. That's what he says. He assumes that perhaps no one thinks that, that he's a good fit for their group. Or maybe he assumes that since he's been coming to church for so long, people think People think he must already be in a group. He knows that there's a packet um, out on the wall in our lobby. He knows that he can find information about small groups on our website, but he thinks, I don't know, it's, it's just too hard to choose. Well, at least I come in on Sundays. Okay, that's group number one. Group number two, I'm really excited about leading a small group girl, okay? The really excited about leading a small group girl comes in, she says, oh man, I'm so excited about this new small group I'm leading. It's gonna be so awesome. Everyone's gonna be there and it's great. I got with Corey, I got it set up. All my information is in the packet out on the wall. It's on the website. I can, um, everyone's gonna sign up for my group and it's gonna be the coolest thing. And she sees, she sees the, the I'm never gonna go to small group guy across the room and says hi, you know. Um, she goes, I wonder why he hasn't signed up for my group. She says, well, he must already be in a group. She says, man, my email address is in that packet. Any moment now, my inbox is going to start filling up. She says, the last group that I was a part of, it sort of just died off because people weren't really coming. Um, but this one, though, it's going to be the best. It's going to be awesome as soon as people start registering. Okay, that's group number two. One more group. Group number three is the couple that goes to small groups, but it is literally the worst, okay? Husband comes home, he says, Oh, this was the longest day. I can't wait to sit on the couch and do nothing until bedtime. And uh, his wife says, uh, yeah, except for we have small group. You have 30 minutes to eat and get out of here. Right? <clears throat> she says, no, can't we just skip it? And she says, I wish we could, but we skipped it last time. It only meets every other week. And so two, four, six, that's six weeks. We got to go. And he's like, oh, I hate talking. And people at small group always want me to talk. Imagine that. And the wife says, you know, it's not that bad, except for that one girl. Oh, 
can't believe we have to put up with her every time. He's like, yeah, I know. If there was a struggle bus depot, she'd own it, right? Okay, <laughs> She says, are the kids ready? He's like, I'm moving as fast as I can. Don't rush me. Did you make the snack? And she says, oh, the snack, I forgot to make it. And then they say, oh, I can't believe we got to waste a whole night on this. Before we move on from, from this moment, can we just, can I just say, have you ever been a part of the losing a whole night to small group club? Because this is a funny thing. Did you know small groups are like two hours? If that. You know, and so many people, like, they're like, oh, my whole night is gone. Bro, it's six to eight. That's not a whole night. Like, what are you doing? <clears throat> and you know what? If your small group is the type that hangs out, like, afterwards for, like, an extra hour or two, that is so great. And I love that for you. But please know that, like, some people, like, maybe you should do a split. You're like, all right, small group's over. So if you need to go, you know, that, that's great. But if you want to hang out, that's awesome. In my small group, that does not happen, okay? Go to Samantha's small group. About the time small group ended, she goes, boy, that was great. She yawns, you know. We get the idea, all right? She practically kicks us out of the house. She's told me before, I'll just go to bed. <laughs> you guys will just stay until you leave. And so if you're the type who's like, man, I don't want to lose my whole night, you can come to our small group. We'd love to have you. Here's the deal, though. Right now, some people in this room are like, whew, I love small group. I'm not any of those three groups. Ah, uh, man, this one's not for me. I'm off the hook. And I think that that's very interesting of you to think that. Um, and here's why. Because here's what should have happened while I was reading off those groups. You should have said, oh, that's not me, but oh, man. When I was talking about the guy who will never go to small group, were you guys looking around, um, you know, and thinking, I wonder who goes to our church, who that fits. Who's the person in our church that's like that? Who's the person that... You know, even if they watch online, I know they watch online, but I know they don't go to a small group. Or you were thinking about that couple and you were thinking, oh man, I know someone, I know a couple who feels exactly like that. Were you thinking, oh my goodness, these groups exist in our church? We need to fix it right now. And that's where you should be. And so you're not off the hook. Unfortunately, this message is still for you. You know, I said that Amir and I had been on staff here for just over a year. We officially came on staff in January of 2021, and the plan was to move here in June or July of that year. Um, and that was perfect because my other job is teaching and like, who wants to move during the school year? Um, and so we were like, yep, June or July sounds great. But if we're being honest, something else was going on here. We were thinking, all right, we've been hurt before. How about we go and we get involved in leadership and we really get going and, um, and if it turns out to not work, we'll be like, oh, sorry, Adam, sorry, Corey, sorry, everyone, it just didn't work. And then we, we're still, we still have our house. We can still go back to our lives how they were before. Guess when we put our house up for sale? December, okay? We weren't even on staff when we put up our house, okay? Six months earlier than we had planned. You know when we moved here? March 1st, almost exactly a year from now, March 1st. Um, we moved here. It was on my birthday. Sold and sold clothes on two houses. Sold and bought the same day on my birthday. I should have gotten an extra birthday just for that, but whatever. <clears throat> and there were some other factors involved, but you know what? Really, when the fear really left, that fear of of being apart, that fear of coming here really left. The small group leaders started fighting over us. You guys, have you ever been fought over? It's great. Okay, being fought over is awesome. It, People would be like, no, 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 you have to come to my group. I'm pretty sure that I didn't, got invited to groups that later I figured out, you live 40 minutes away, I'm not coming to your group. <clears throat> it was like tug of war. And I have never so genuinely felt like I belonged before. It was incredible. 
Every single one of us in this, in this room have a job to do. Recognize that maybe in, even in the smallest, tiniest bit, you might fit into one of those three groups and work hard to change it. Or recognize you love small groups, but the knowledge that that exists here means that we've got work to do. We've got something to do. We've got changes to make. You guys, real community is so important. It's so important. Last week, Corey took us to Acts chapter 2, and she showed us this verse, Acts 2.46, and she underlined the word daily. Daily they met together in the temple courts. And I want to add to this, um, I, just to make an addition, because it's an incredible verse. And, um, and you know when Corey did it, she said daily three times. That's when you know it's serious. Daily they met. Daily. Daily. That's the third one, right? I want to add to this, just a little underline. Together. Last week when she was reading this, all I saw was daily they met together, right? They were together. And you know what? Well, we'll add it. Let's underline a couple of other things. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes. Interesting. Guess where most of our small groups meet? To celebrate communion. They shared meals together, huh? And they, um, they had joyful hearts and tender humility. In fact, you know what? Let's just zoom out a bit. Let's take a look at a few more verses here. Let's zoom out Acts 2.42 all the way through 47. And I've underlined some additional things here for you. Okay? Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teaching of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion, and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute to um, the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all of the people. And the Lord kept adding to their numbers daily those who were coming to life. I love this in scripture when you get like something extra there. Those who were coming to life. You guys, people were coming to life as this was happening. Did you know that our generation is, our, our current generation is the loneliest generation ever? A 2019 study, this is before COVID. Can you imagine how much the numbers have changed now? Before COVID, 25% of adults, 18 to 27, reported having no close friends at all. In fact, let's take a look at a few generations, most of the generations in this room right now. These numbers show us people who would say they have no friends at all. Baby boomers, 9%. Gen X, 15%. Millennials, 22%. What do you think is going to happen with the next generation? Have you guys seen this meme? It says, it says um, no one ever talks about the miracle of Jesus having 12, 12 friends in his 30s. It's amazing, right? That's so funny. But guys, guess what? Jesus did lots of miracles. This wasn't a miracle. It's called small group. They were his small group. Guess what? They did life together. They ate together. They served people together. They figured things out together. Okay? It was amazing. Now, give me, if I had Jesus himself in my small group, maybe I'd be a little more excited about going. But guess what? Turns out we're filled with the Holy Spirit and he lives inside all of us. It's like having 10 Jesuses all in one group. We get to go and do the stuff. The Bible says we can do the same things and greater things than Jesus did. And so what are we waiting for? Can I ask this? 
consider how we might maybe spur one another forward. Spur one another towards love, towards good need, deeds. Let's make sure we don't give up on meeting together, as some people tend to do, but instead encourage one another. You know what? I, I want to go back to those verses that I looked at just a few minutes ago, and I'm not going to read them again, but I, I want to point out just a few things. What happens when we really invest in worshiping God, both individually and in the community together? What happens when we both adore and belong? Here's these verses again, and I've bolded some things that I want you to notice. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. As they did this, there was a deep sense of holy awe. Now, I, I have an idea of what that's like because I feel like I've experienced that before, but man, doesn't it just sound good? Wouldn't you love to live in a deep sense of holy awe? That sounds awesome. Many miraculous signs and wonders were performed. I don't know about you, but someday I want to see someone get raised from the dead. And it's going to be incredible. It says, they shared with one another whatever they had. Some versions say, and no one was in need. No one was in need. They had joyful hearts and tender humility. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need more of that. They were filled with praises to God. I love that it says filled with praises to God. It was like, it's like they were so filled up that they had to come out, right? Like it wasn't something they had to force themselves to praise God. They were just filled with it. It just happened. And again, they were coming to life. People were coming to life. If you're someone who's never invested in community, you just show up and then you leave. If you've never invested in a small group, what if you start checking them out? Hey, you guys, you know what? We're pretty chill about this. Go to a different small group every time until you find one you really like. And if someone gets offended, ask them to go watch our series, our series that we did last about being offended. <laughs> go to as many small groups as you want. Check them out. We're not going to be offended about that. We love that. If you're a small group leader or someone in leadership, but you don't regularly invite people to small groups or ask people what small group they're in because you might think they're in a small group, but it turns out they're not. What if you start doing that? What if you made it a habit? What if you made it a regular part of your Sunday morning? Hey, what small group do you go to? To catch someone. Uh, and there's your chance. Man, that verse where it says, um, joyful hearts and tender humility, that couple who struggles, right? Oh, going to small group is the worst. They need some joyful hearts and tender humility, right? And so what if you know someone like that, or if that's you, you say to yourself, I think it's time to find a different group. That's okay. That's why we split our small groups up into, into, um, into uh, trimesters. That's why we take breaks from small group, okay? Because we want you to, to, you know, sometimes small groups just end and that's all right. And then we go to different ones and we check other ones out. We get, end up in different places in our lives and that's totally fine. Listen, if you're none of those things, guess what? Like I said before, you still got a job to do. You need to start fighting over people, right? And it feels great, you guys. You need to go out there. You guys, we should be going to make sure that 100% of the people who attend our church are in small groups. That's, that should be our goal. That should be what we're doing. Because when we do community together, amazing things happen. And you know what? It turns out, turns out, you don't just have... you. You're not like trapped by church. You can invite people who don't go to church. Crazy, I know. Someone who, um, you know, you work with. Man, does it, it turns out, honestly, you guys, if you're someone who's like, I'd never invite someone to church. Cool, invite them to hang out with people at your house and eat a meal together. It's a lot easier to do. 
tell them, hey, you know, like, maybe don't do the bait and switch, right? Like, maybe tell them, like, hey, we'll, we'll probably talk about Jesus some, right? Um, but, um, but they're way more likely to come than to come to church. And so if that's where you're at, do that. Invite people from your neighborhood. If you have neighbors, you know, they might need Jesus too, right? Invite them. If small group's at your house and you don't invite your neighbors, that's weird. They're already right there. They don't even have to travel. Listen, you guys. As someone who's not a regular teacher on this stage, except for Wednesday nights, youth group is amazing, okay? Um, I have to tell you, it's not easy to come up here and share a message like this. We take risks. You know, Corey felt the same way last week, and I think Adam feels the same way about the week coming up. We take risks when we come up here, and we, we, we feel like, man, like, I don't, I don't want anyone to like, feel hurt by this. I don't want anyone to be offended. We take risks that maybe you're like, wow, I don't feel like they're being very nice to me. I'm not going to come back. When we speak, we take risks. But our goal isn't that anyone feels that way. Our goal is that you would come to life, like that verse says. You'd come to life in ways that you never thought were possible. You guys, our goal is that we would be united as the body of Christ in such a way that every single person who calls your city, not just this city, your city, wherever you live, everyone who calls your city home would know who we are, would know that we're a place where um, people are, are come to life with the truth, love, and power of Jesus Christ. A place where miracles happen. A place where people have joyful hearts. A place where no one is in need. This place, this community, should be heaven on earth. That's who we're called to be. And so, wherever you are, um, if you would just take a moment and, and bow your head um, and, and just give the Holy Spirit a chance to do his thing. Listen, if you would say, I'm a believer, but I think that I have more steps to make as a disciple. You know, we always talk about your walk with Jesus. It's not a stand with Jesus. It's a walk. Like, you got to go somewhere, right? Whatever the next step is for you, Jesus wants that for you right now. And so there's, there's no, no time to lose. Like, do it right now. So let's just take a moment and just invite the Holy Spirit to do his thing. Holy Spirit, I just pray for everyone who's watching this right now, God, that you would come. Holy Spirit, you, would you fill them up? In this moment, would they just experience who you've created them to be? God, where they've been hurt by community before, would you bring healing? Would they be able to release those offenses? And God, would they just come to life in ways that they never thought were possible? Amen.